Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are a lot of things we should discard when we come into the house of God. And I discarded my shoes because I thought they were going to be a hindrance. Have you discarded everything that you think is going to be a hindrance? Now, Pastor Apostle Angie has known me most of her life here. And she's a brave woman to let me in this pulpit. And I don't feel like a guest. I feel like I'm at home. So I'm going to talk to you today just like I talk to my kids. Is that okay? Is anybody in here older than 86? So I'm the oldest, so you ought to be listening to me. What I did this morning is what some of you do every Sunday morning, regardless of how long you stay up here. I aborted praise. You know that you didn't get to stay up here long enough to get what you wanted. You aren't up here long enough to give birth to anything. And when we didn't do it like we always do it, you all were looking around wondering what in the world's going on. But as I was coming down here yesterday, I was praising God, enjoying the, the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit me and I started praising God in another language. And then all of a sudden, it changed. And I started weeping. And I kept hearing this word, abortion. Abortion. I'm going to read a scripture in a minute, but I'm going to talk to you out of my heart. And God let me see in the natural. Remember Robert was talking about the seed being planted? That's what happens in the natural. A seed is planted in the womb. Meets the name. And it forms life. But there are different stages in that pregnancy that they can be aborted. That life is taken away. And I want you to know God has planted some seeds in our hearts and our lives. But any stage we can abort that. Am I too loud? 
And I know that this church is one of the most prayerful-minded people that I've ever met. You can't find any church with greater prayer warriors than this church. And you can't find a church where people praise God any more enthusiastically as this church does. But I believe that there's many who abort worship. They abort worship. Fall short. I want to read out of Second Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, the fifth verse. And all of you know, this is about bringing the Ark of the Covenant into its proper place. And in verses, beginning 13, verses 13, 14, it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Now they are praising and thanking the Lord. I wish this podium was four inches lower. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory had filled the house. The glory had filled the house. There are different ways. I know God has put something on my heart, people. I don't know how it's going to come out. I was praying, and there's one thing that I have learned, and I want you to get this. If there's one thing that I've learned, that I cannot teach you anything. And the word of God, I believe, says that we have no need for men to teach us. Isn't that what the word says, you Bible scholars? Let me tell you why we have no man need of men to teach us. We as ministers... Share what God puts in us, but we cannot bring it to your spirit. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, and you have to open your spirit, not depend on me or what I'm saying. You have to depend on the Holy Spirit to take the words that I speak and teach them to your spirit. And if you are dependent upon who's in this pulpit to bless you, 
You've come for the wrong reason. The Holy Spirit takes what we have and he teaches you. I can say one thing and one life will be blessed. Another will take offense. If you just listen to what the preacher says and take it on, on a personal level from the preacher. Today, I want you to open your spirit. And I want you to say, Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. Because what I've got to say today will determine if you receive it will, or not receive it will determine whether or not you walk out of this place with a new revelation or you go out just like you come in. The Word of God says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I am going to try to, to talk about the difference in praise and worship. We are all called to serve the Lord. To serve the Lord. It is my belief that the only way I can serve the Lord is to serve people. I don't serve God by going to church. I don't serve God by paying my tithes. I don't serve God by being a blessing. I serve God by serving people. And we all are servants. And we all should be praisers. And you all got that down the best I know how to. You love to praise the Lord. Praise. I want you to get this. And you don't get mad now. Don't get offended. But listen, because I believe the Spirit is saying this. Praise is a religious, got that? Praise is a religious exercise of the soul and body. Praise is a religious exercise of the soul and the body. Now, I want to ask you something, and keep this in mind until after I get through preaching. Why do you come down to enter into the praise? Now, if you, if you, don't know, if you all know me, you know that I will look mean when I preach. And it's easy to be offended by my tone of my voice. But I love you. I love you. I'm not reprimanding you. I want you to go to another level. So why do you come down here? What is your objective? Is it to feel good? Is it to shake off all the things that you've been through with all week long and you need to get rid of it? This religious exercise of soul and body 
should be a means of subduing the flesh. Of subduing the flesh. To subdue the flesh is saying, I've got this problem, flesh, in my flesh, but I serve a God that's bigger than my problem. And my objective is not just to come down here and feel good for a while. That's not my objective. Even to be cooperative, that's not why I'm going down there. Maybe I want to feel the new dads. But our objective in coming to praise is to honor and exalt. Now, this is something I want you to get. Is it echoing and all? Is this going to be better? Is this better? I want you to get what I'm saying. <laughs> Coming to praise is to exalt and honor. To exalt and honor. We don't come to usher in the presence of the Lord. Oh, you say that's what we do it for. We want to usher in the presence of the Lord. What does the word say? He says, where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst. If we insist on in, or ushering in the presence of the Lord, we're saying, we don't believe the word. He's not here, so we've got to bring him in. Are, are any of us capable of bringing in the presence of God? How do we try to do something that's already been done through God himself? Okay, am I preaching the truth or is this a foreign doctrine? My personal belief is if you need a breakthrough, do it before you come to church. And if I'm preaching contrary to what all these other preachers, all of you all, this is a house full of preachers, all of you can preach. But I, if I make a mess here, I'll leave it to one of these preachers to straighten it out. <laughs> we need to bring our will and our emotions into harmony with the truth that the presence of God is here. No matter how I feel, I'm not going I maybe yes I need to break through to his presence. I got to come close to his to him. But I don't have to bring his presence in. So, the main objective of praise is not to bring in the presence of God, but is to exalt the fact that he has already promised to be in our midst. Amen. So, now I want you to become conscious of the fact right now that he is here. If I could sing, I'd sing that little chorus. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy. Let us praise his name again.
He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. If you touch him, if if you want to, you can touch him. I don't know how that goes, but you will never be the same. Do you know why when you leave here after praising God the same? It's because you haven't really touched him. You're still trying to bring him in. To doubt his word. That he is not, that you have to bring him in. To doubt that binds and hinders the Holy Spirit from speaking to your heart. If Jesus could walk in here, how would it affect you? How, what would you do if Jesus just walked in here? Oh, most of us would fall on our face. But he's here. He's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to repeat that praise is a religious exercise or an expression. But this, get this, worship is not an exercise. Worship is a spiritual experience. As Brother Robert mentioned this morning, it's an encounter, a personal encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. Religion, according to Webster, is belief in a superhuman power or powers to be obeyed and worshipped as the creator or creators of the universe and is the expression of this belief or conduct and ritual. That's what religion is. And some people never get past religion. It's not their fault. If you've never gone any further than what you go and praise, it's not your fault. It's the fault of teachers who have never taught that there is another place that we can go in God. Do we expect to do that every time we come to church? Probably not. But we can do that at home also. But hear me. Praise is necessary. Don't let the devil tell you that I'm telling you not to praise. Praise is necessary. And the way you express yourself is immaterial as long as it's modest. I don't suggest you ladies try to jump the pews with your dresses on or this type of thing. But I think any form of praise that is modest is okay. I don't think we should even have to worry about how we're praising the Lord. I don't think we should have to worry about that at all. Praise is necessary because it is the doorway to worship. Now, let me, talk, let me talk to you people who maybe never come down here. You may be praising the Lord from your seat, and that would be great too. But if you never express, if you can talk, if you never open your mouth and begin to speak forth the praises of God, it's not likely that you'll ever know what true worship is. Because you cannot worship God 
before you praise God. The praising comes before the worshiping. But it's absolutely necessary. We're exhorted in the word to praise God in all things. In all things. It does not mean that we praise God for all the troubles that we're in at the moment. But we praise God anyhow because we are in those problems. You all know all of that. God enjoys the praises of his people and he inhabits the praises of his people. And yes, praise is for God's enjoyment, but let's acknowledge it. We enjoy it, too. Once we get started, we enjoy it, too. Uh, And like I say, many people, they just come and praise God just so they can just feel good, feel good. But when we come together at these altars, or even in our seat, Again, I ask you, what's your goal? What do you wish to accomplish? I've seen some that I thought, well, all they want to do is exercise. (laughs) Not just in this church now. I've been in several churches. You've seen it. And and yes, I used to have uh, an exercise class. And we did exercises to religious music. And we did praise the Lord. I recall one time, you know, Annette comes to church every once in a while here. I took her and another lady, a friend of hers, we had a little place on Lake Eufaula in Oklahoma. And I took them down there, the house was empty. In fact, we didn't even have furniture at that time. We sat around on the floor, and all of a sudden, I wanted to dance before the Lord. So I said, well, girls, we're going to dance before the Lord. They kind of looked at me funny. So we got up, and we started dancing before the Lord. And the anointing came in. The anointing came in. Now, sometimes... And they'll tell me today that was the most wonderful experience of their life because they'd never done that before. But sometimes in our praise, an anointing comes in. And we dance. I scream. I've told you this before. My husband used to say he'd know how many good days he had by how many hoops I made. I've made as much noise as anybody in church. And the anointing might come in and cause you to dance, cause you to sing in the spirit, cause you to do all all kinds of things. And immediately, we think we're in the presence of the Lord. No, he's in our presence and he's anointing us. Don't get anointing confused with worship. Don't get anointing confused with worship. In the anointing, we have our emotions, our feelings. There's a change in us in an anointing. But an anointing is not worship. It's God using 
the gifts that he's put in you. It's God bringing you into, because you've, you've got a desire here to pull you into his presence. Okay, we're not going to lose focus. I'm telling you, God wants to do something, and we're not going to lose focus here. The ark, we've talked about the ark of the covenant. They placed it in a place prepared for it. The place of the holy of holies. In the most holy place. These Israelites had to have an ark because it represented the presence of God. It represented the presence of God. They had, they had to bring it in. They had to bring it in. They didn't know anything but praise. So when they started blowing the trumpets and sounding the cymbals and singing, I think it was 120 priests begin to blow the trumpets. Man, you think you think you got a noisy church, you ought to be in that group. <laughs> and then they all begin to think. And praise the Lord. And that's when the glory came in. And it filled all the place where they were sitting. What were they doing? They were honoring the presence of God, the ark. They were honoring it. Listen, friend. When Jesus went to that cross, hallelujah, we don't, we don't have to bring him in anymore because that veil was rent asunder. And he's right here now. We don't have to wait to bring him in. The cloud, the cloud was the manifested presence of God with honoring and blessing the Lord. The glory filled the temple to manifest the presence of God. Friend, God wants to manifest his presence. He wants to manifest. He's here. He's here. He simply wants to manifest his presence. As we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, when you leave your house, if you haven't had the greatest argument with your spouse or your kids before you left the house, and if you did, cast it aside. Begin to praise God, give God thanks from the moment 
you leave your house to start the church. And when you come into this courtyard out here, hallelujah, you begin to praise God. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. Our soulish nature may begin to rebel. That's why it's so necessary to have a wonderful praise time. So it gives everybody opportunity to shed all that stuff. But the only way you can get rid of it is to focus on your objective. And if your objective is just to get rid of it, it's the wrong objective. The objective of praise is to experience worship. So we have to resist sometimes the devil when we come to praise. You say, I don't feel like praising. Well, that's normal for a lot of people a lot of times. That's why it says in the word of God to offer a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips, which tells me if I can't open my lips, I've got a problem. I may not make a noise, but I can... Just open my mouth and say, it's coming from my heart. That's the important thing. As we open our mouths and we begin to magnify the name of the Lord, he plants within us a desire, a desire for something more, something more. To sense God's presence is to realize that the Holy Spirit is attempting, yes, to cause us to cleanse, to purify our hearts, but he is also attempting to prepare us for a personal encounter. You're down here with a whole bunch of people. Corporate worship, they call it. I'll call it corporate praise. So, when I go to praise the Lord, not that I'm a great example, I know that, but this is how I feel in my spirit. I try to shut out everybody's voice, and I even try to Shut out the instruments. Some people need that. But I try to focus on the one I love. On the one I love and the one I know loves me. Because I am wanting intimacy with the lover of my soul. And I believe that there are many of you here have the same desire. But he puts that yearning in us. And as that yearning comes in us, we're beginning to move from the praise to the worship. And that yearning to be in his presence, we know is in ours. We know is in ours. 
but to be in his nearness. The word says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. He's here, but we have to draw near to him. Is it already noon? I've got to quit, and I'm not near through. How do we get past the outer court where everyone is doing his or her religious exercise? And that's, I'm not putting that down. Please don't misunderstand. We focus on adoring our Lord. We don't seek to be blessed because worship is not about us. We examine our heart. Is it true? If there's something in our heart that should not be there, do we have a desire to be cleansed of it? Can we admit that we have a problem that we're too weak in ourselves to handle? Those things may come to our mind because we're wanting to go in with a true heart into his presence. I believe that's what the word says, a true heart. A true heart is an honest heart. If I have a problem and I'm honest about it and say, Lord, here I am. I don't know what to do about this. But I know that if I can get past this outer crust and if I can get my spirit connected with your spirit, there's going to be a change in me. There's going to be a change in me. I won't have to leave here like I came. Hallelujah. Raise your hand just a second here. And say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Son of God. Thank you for your presence. Oh, God. We may have to make this sacrifice of praise. But the price, my friend, the price... For us to enter into the Holy of Holies has already been paid. It's already been paid. I do not have to wait till I'm worthy. Because if I do, I'll never make it. I'll never make it. But because he is worthy. And because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I can have boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies. I come not upon my own merit, but upon the merit of the price that was paid. To fall short of coming to this place of worship is spiritual abortion. God's calling, God's plan, and God's purpose for you or me cannot reach its potential until we have been able to get past the soulish realm and enter into the spiritual realm. Some time ago, God gave me something. I'd forgotten all about it. And this happens to me pretty often. I accidentally run into something, and God quickens that to me. And for some reason, I picked up and. You know, I, I, I don't want to tell you how many of these little notebooks I have. And I picked up one, was looking through it, and God quickened my spirit. 
I'm going to read something to you that God gave me. And I think it was for the body of Christ and you're part of the body of Christ. It was more or less a prophetic word that Jesus is saying, come unto me. If he were not here, if he were not here, he wouldn't say, saying, come unto me. We can't leave here. Yeah, I know some of us have had our spirits to leave our bodies and be brought in the presence. But but he's saying, come unto me. He's saying, turn from your religious idols, from traditions, the stank of these things, religious idols, traditions, legalism, from programs, turn from the secular knowledge, from analytical reasoning, turn from common sense, turn from the glitter and the glory of success, turn from past experiences, turn from past teachings, and live in the spiritual now. The spiritual now. Don't just turn from all of this, but turn to me. Come to me. I am the God of the past. I'm the God of the present. And I'm the God of the future. I change not. But my spirit has been sent forth to keep you tuned to the present. For now is a time that the fruit of your salvation must appear. Now is a time that you must draw near to me. Listen to this. For my longing for you is full. My cup of blessing has reached its capacity. And my heart is turned toward you. So humble yourself. Bend your knee, cry aloud to the winds of the north, the east, the south, and the west. For from every direction that hears that cry will come forth an anointing of praise. An anointing of praise, hallelujah. And worship toward me that will release a quantum wave of glory, hallelujah. I feel this. The the glory that will ignite the fires of revival that will charge the house where you sit with my manifested presence. My manifested presence. I will restore to you the years that the canker worm has eaten. My house will be full of my glory. And my people will bear me on wings of praise before the heathen. Your testimony will be heard afar, and many souls will come to the fountain of living water. If you musicians would come, we're going to have some praise. Before Before we have this praise, I want you to open your mind, your spirit, not your mind, your spirit. I want 
and, and let me say this too. I want you all to enter into praise and move into worship. You can stop what you're doing. If the Lord puts something on you that you need to move out of there, you just do it. I want you to have an objective when you come down here to praise the Lord. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.